The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Ross, we're brought to you by the SGP and Bowl Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, December 15th, here to talk about the afternoon games for NFL Week 15, and it's already Week 15. I think that's something we say every single week, but joining me here to, joining me here to break down the betting card for the afternoon games for NFL Week 15. You guys know him as a voice on the WNBA Gambling Podcast, NBA Gambling Podcast, Tennis Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. The man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Looking forward to getting through the Week 15 card. It's an interesting one because we have a couple of Saturday games, which is definitely going to be an interesting a uh, little situation there because I'm not sure how many of these Saturday games are actually going to be good. It's a separate story. Uh, but for the afternoon game, should be fun uh, looking at these games. Some of them might leave a little bit to be desired, but there's money to be made nonetheless. Yeah. Um, now we're into that stretch of the, the schedule or the month now because it is December with college football being over that. We start getting some Saturday games as well in the NBA. Um NFL, but close enough. I'm oh, sorry, the NFL. <laughs> it's just, we well, there are Saturday games in the NBA, too. Yeah. So that part's and not they wrong, just but... They just started the NBA Saturday night primetime game, so maybe that's where our yeah. mind is. But, uh, yeah, NFL, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the three games on the schedule for the NFL on Saturday with obviously college football being over, entering the bowl season for the uh, college football um, season. But, yeah, man. Lots still to be determined in the NFL as far as playoff implications and things like that go. But um, I think we have a couple of matchups here definitely on the schedule for the NFL uh, that is going to, as you say, the afternoon games that we're going to cover that have playoff implications. We'll talk through those as well. But um, anything that's kind of stuck out to you for some of these West Coast teams that we usually talk about every single week, obviously the big news for Arizona, I mean, I don't know if it's obviously injury wise, it's a big news for Kyler Murray being out for the rest of the year and for the foreseeable future. Uh, but that team was already not going to be competitive. That's, all, that's uh, only big news if Kyler misses part of next year. I it think was, he, I mean, what it's about a what 12 month recovery, 10 months, maybe give or take. I mean, with, with athletes nowadays, they can usually come back maybe in seven or eight. Okay. But still, he might miss the start of next season, December. It's going to be close as far as yeah. I would, yeah. I think when they do mandatory training camp, we'll find out then if he's how long 
he's mm-hmm. away from being ready to play football again or being cleared for uh, football activities. But Because for this season, it makes no difference. Arizona season ended yeah, arguably yeah. when it started. But the yeah. point is, for next year, it might have an impact. It's crazy to think how much of an impact. I mean, in hindsight now, it, it makes sense that them not having Hopkins for those first six games really was pretty much their season because he is one of the best wide receivers mm-hmm. in the league and not having your top target like that. And on top of that, your defense being that bad and your coach being that bad and your uh, quarterback wanting to play call of duty all day, just wasn't a good recipe for them to have a winning no. season, Scott. Well, it was definitely not. I'm expecting Kingsbury to get fired by the year, by year's end. Yeah. And I think At least was- I hope for their sake, they fire him. Yeah, and I think that's a conversation not only does our pods always have, but I think uh, across other football pods on why this guy still has a job. Well, we've been calling uh, for it for months, so it's not like oh, we're yeah. late to the party. We might have arguably – I can't even say early to the party either, but we've been calling for Kingsbury's head for months at this point. Yeah. All right, Scott, let's get actually get into this uh, schedule uh, for this NFL Week 15, the afternoon games, the 4 o'clock Eastern games. Uh, the first game on the schedule is going to be a clash between the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. I almost said Denver Nuggets there, Scott. Uh, it's going to be a 405 Eastern start uh, for this game in the Mile High City. Looking at the opening lines for this game, I am currently seeing that the Ariz- sorry, the Denver Broncos opened up as a one-point favorite. That number is now up to minus two and a half, minus three now over on win bet. Total is at 36 and a half in this game. Money line plus 125 for the Cardinals, minus 150 for the Denver Broncos. Start here with the injury report. Obviously, we just touched on the Kyler uh, Murray news for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Will Hernandez, their guard, is designated to return from IR on Wednesday. That's uh, that's a uh, Giants legend, uh, Will Hernandez. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Cole McCoy is questionable. Their backup quarterback uh, with a neck issue. He was a limited participant on Wednesday. Should be able to go because they really don't have much of a choice. I was going to uh, say, if he's out, who is the third? Yeah, that's yeah, that's going to be my question to you. Um, we just talked about Kyler Murray. He's going to be missing the rest of the season and the foreseeable future. Rondo Moore has been placed on the IR, and he is also going to miss the remainder of the season for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Byron Murphy Jr. is also questionable for this game on Sunday, and defensive end Zach Allen is also out for this game. He's dealing with a hand issue for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Looking at the home team here, the Denver Broncos. By the way, it's uh, McSorley, who is the third stringer. Okay. Um, for the Denver Broncos, a Billy Turner guard is designated to return from IR. Um, Andrew Beck, their tight end, is questionable for this game with a hamstring issue. He was a limited participant on Wednesday. And Dakota Allen, linebacker, is also a limited participant as of Wednesday with a hamstring issue. And their place kicker, Brian McManus, dealing with some quadriceps issues, was a limited participant on Wednesday at practice as well. They do get Randy Gregory back. Uh, he is designated to return from the IR uh, for this defense as well. Forgot he was even on Denver. Cool. Yeah, and then we still have uh, the offense. It's, uh, I need to touch. I'll quickly go through it here, Scott. Kendall Hinton, wide receiver hamstring, didn't practice. Cortland Sutton, questionable, didn't practice on Wednesday either. And Russell Wilson, concussion, did not practice on Wednesday 
um, for the Denver Broncos. But did he he finished the game, didn't he, for in that Kansas City game? I believe so. Yeah, because I, I know that Ripken came in for, I think, just like a couple of plays before Wilson came well, back. Wait, did, I don't think he came back, actually. Let me now see. that I think about it, I don't think Wilson came back. Um, I'm pretty sure Ripken finished. Now that Rippin, I think about yeah, it. Yeah, Ripken went 4 of 8 for 16 yards. He took over the goal line situation. They scored on fourth down. But then I think he had a couple of drives after that. I don't think Russ came back into the game. Okay. Uh, yeah, so something to definitely keep an eye on here. But, uh, Scott, let's start with the side here, man. Minus two and a half for the Denver Broncos hosting this Arizona Cardinals team. So, for me, I am going to actually take the Cardinals. Uh, I see it at three at some spots. I'll take it. I know that Arizona is not good. Neither is Denver. I know Denver looked good offensively uh, with Wilson after they fell behind 27-0. I get it. Wilson has not been practicing all week. I'm assuming he's not going to play. Let's put it that way. So you're probably looking at Colt McCoy or McSorley against the likes of Rippon. I'm not laying points with Denver. I can't do it. This team is terrible. And I know both teams stink. I get it. But at least Arizona has weapons. I'm not even sure the Broncos have any wide receivers. They have Judy who... Judy was decent. Points I know week. Judy was decent last game. He should have been ejected, arguably, for his tantrum that he had in the second half. But Sutton, I'm not sure if he's going to be available. Uh, yeah, do you have any update on Sutton? Uh, he was questionable. questionable. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Okay. But the point is, on Wednesday, Wilson did not practice. No. So I'm assuming he's not going to play. I'm assuming Sutton's not going to play. So if you're going to have a backup quarterback against a backup quarterback, I'll take the team with weapons. I'll take the team with DeAndre Hopkins and the team with Brown. It's mostly based on the fact that I can't on principle lay points with Denver. Mm -hmm. I'll lean Arizona. Do I feel great about it? No. Will I bet the game? No. But I'm not laying three with Denver. If you're going to lay it, lay the two and a half. But for three at this point with the key number, I'll take Arizona plus the points. Yeah, uh Arizona's been that team this season that three out of their four wins so far this year have actually come on the road. And we've talked about how bad this team has been at home. They've uh, won one home game in what, two years? Yeah, under Kingsbury, right? Or over yeah. the, at least the last two years. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, a game that I'm not going to have money on for sure. Uh, this is probably the ugliest game, at least in this afternoon slate. Um. I, I would. I mean, I agree. I can't make a case for Denver, especially we don't know who the quarterback is and if they're going to have guys at the skill position. I think it's a concern, Scott, that last week, despite them scoring 28 points, that Russell Wilson was their leading uh, rusher in that game where he had 57 uh, rushing yards. Uh, the next guy on that list was Latavius Murray at 32. So, um and I'm not even sure this Broncos offense can take advantage of how bad this Arizona Cardinals defense has been without, you know, weapons on the field or even Russell Wilson out there for that matter. But all in with Arizona. You have any thoughts on the total here at 36 and a half? I think I'm leaning under, but it's a very low total for a good reason. I'm expecting a hideous game of football. There's really oh, no yeah. way around it. I just think Arizona and especially a low total of like 36, 36 and a half. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give me points, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh I'll lean under. I, I don't feel great. Give me some type of like 16 13 final, something disgusting. Yeah. Um, I think Rippon's going to play. 
Wilson has not practiced. I don't think he'll he's going to suit up for this game. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I'm trying to find. Uh, let's get to any player props you may be looking. at. I know there's a lot of injuries. I don't think there's any props out, but well, there's one that I'm going to be interested in. It's yeah, James, sure. It's James Conner. I mean, that's yeah. really the only option you have. You're looking at potentially a third string quarterback. Connor was really the only player who did anything against Arizona, against uh, New England on Monday night, had 80-something yards and a touchdown. Denver, as good as the defense is, really not great against the run, and I think that mm-hmm. could be a concern. But it's mostly based on game flow and what we've seen from Arizona with really their quarterback concerns this season. They give Connor the ball a lot, and they waived Eno Benjamin. I thought it was dumb at the time. But they basically admitted they're going to only use James Conner in the backfield. And I think his yardage total will probably be too low. I'll take the over for volume because if it's McSorley, mm-hmm. you're assuming Conner gets, what, 20-something carries? Yeah, in that neighborhood. Yeah. So I'll take the over on yards. He had a pretty good game last week, didn't he, James I'm saying Conner. he had 80-something yards and a touchdown. And the yeah. game flow sucked in the entire second half. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'll try to pull up his numbers. But, yeah, I can't argue against that. He Last week he wins. Like 85 and a touchdown, I think. Yeah, 85 touchdown, 15 carries. Week yep. before that against the Chargers where you should be running the football. He had a great game, 25 for 120. But he, he uh, had 15 carries, as you said, last week because they were getting destroyed in the second half and they had to yeah. abandon the run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously with all the injuries that we have talked about in this game, no player props up yet. But again, we're just telling what uh, telling you guys what we may be looking at uh, once those props officially do drop for um this game between the cardinals and the broncos i'll i'll lean with the under as well again no official plays for this uh game it's just going to be one of the ugly ones here scott but anything else for this game my man no i'll watch something else yeah all right let's get over to the next game of the schedule let's go over to let's go to vegas where they are going to welcome the new england patriots and bill belichick to town um definitely some intriguing head-to-head matchups here i guess we can say with josh mcdaniels going up against his former team uh as the offensive coordinator there it's gonna be a 405 eastern start let's take a look at the opening lines for this game i'm currently seeing that the las vegas raiders actually opened up as a two-point favorite that now that line has now flipped to you can see there's some pickums out there um, and there's minus ones out there, but officially on win bet, it is pick them total open up at 45. That number has been bet down to 44 and a half, not significant movement on the total there. Let's start with the injury report here for the new England Patriots, um, on their injury report. Uh, let's start here. Damian Harris. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know who the running back is yeah. for this game. But... <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Damian Harris returned to a limited practice on Wednesday for them. So I think that's good news for the running back group. Ramondre Stevenson is obviously the big question. Um, he wasn't I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, with an ankle injury. I mean, that's always tough, right? It looked like uh, a sprain, so he's probably going to be out for a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Parker, questionable, wasn't participating at practice on Wednesday either. He has it officially as a head injury. Uh, and Jacoby Myers is also questionable. Uh, his designation is listed as a concussion was deemed limited at practice on uh, Wednesday. So I think if he's even practicing a little bit, he should be able to go. Other than that, um, Isaiah Wynn, offensive tackle, questionable. Jalen Mills, cornerback, questionable. Yeah, that is pretty much it for the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's get oh, – sorry, for the New England Patriots. Let's get over to the Raiders here. Their injury report, uh, Josh Jacobs 
is dealing with a quad and hand injury. He was limited on, sorry, limited at practice on Wednesday. Sam Webb, cornerback, questionable. Denzel Perriman, linebacker, questionable. Um, and then I did, oh, uh, yeah. So some big news for the offense here that both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are designated to return from their stint on the IR on Wednesday here, Scott. So a couple weapons that Derek Carr is getting back here, uh, at least offensively in this game. But let's start with the side here. Let's call it a pick em, which it is currently over on win bet. Uh, Scott, both of these teams, or at least the New England Patriots, are fighting for a playoff spot. They are currently at seven and six. They are in a battle in that AFC uh, East division. Dolphins are eight and five. Jets are seven and six. And like I mentioned, the Patriots are seven and six as well. When we take a look at the playoff standings right now, uh, they are one game back of the Miami Dolphins to get into the uh, playoff picture there. So big game here for the Patriots in uh, Vegas here. Vegas pretty much out of it. Uh, they would have they got win. eliminated last week. Yeah, so they're out of it. Uh, but yeah. what are you thinking about this game? I, I mean, all the motivation is there for the Patriots here. It's a sh- it's a short week compared to a long week, so the rest advantage is definitely on the Raiders side. Mm-hmm. The issue is it's McDaniel's with extra prep time, which isn't worth anything in my eyes. And I think Belichick. The thing is, McDaniel's, I'm sure, is going to stick with his current system, which Belichick has known about for about a decade. Exactly. So I think Belichick is going to have a perfect defensive game plan for him. Not to mention the fact that the Raiders' offensive game plan against the Rams' secondary was non-existent, so I don't exactly trust them to have a good game plan in this game. I got to go with New England. And we saw even with Harris and Stevenson being out for about the final three quarters, they just brought up a couple other depth running backs, and they were both good. So I'm not sure if it really matters that much. Now, Harris, you said, is back, so I'm assuming he'll get most of the touches. But I do think the other options they have aren't that bad. Mac Jones won't exactly beat himself which is fine because the Raiders will. So I do think with a good defensive game plan and with really just a horrible head coach for the Raiders, I got to take New England because I think when push comes to shove, if the game's close, I'm assuming the Raiders will choke. I'll take the Patriots. Yeah, I think what your your first handicap about what you said is is what's pretty much you hit the nail on the head that he's going to know everything. Bill Belichick, yeah, about the offense that – you know, Josh McDaniels r- ran with him when he was with the Patriots for, I don't know how many years. Um, and two then time, also two times once removed. Yeah. yeah. And then as well as Belichick does a great job of taking away your best weapon, which in their case is no doubt Devonte Adams. They're going to do their best here, but assuming yeah. Adams doesn't go nuclear, I know Renfro and Wall are coming back. Mm-hmm. Waller didn't do anything basically the entire season anyway. Yeah. And Renfro is more of a slot guy. Yeah. If you take away Adams, do you just assume the Raiders are screwed? Because Jacobs also was banged up and he got a bunch of carries last week. Yeah. I, I was shocked by that game plan because he was on a short week with injuries and they gave him like 20 carries in the first half. Yeah. I'm assuming he's still below 100%. Yeah. But the Raiders, I got to assume that they just got the wind completely sucked out of their sails with that ridiculous choke job against Baker Mayfield last week. You had the illusion of hope for a playoff spot. Now it's just dead. I got to assume they're going to roll over at any sign of adversity in this game. It's a it's a significant, obviously, difference when you go from going to be 
six and seven to now being five and eight right now after losing that game because yeah, it's over at that point. Um, and we talked about this last week that for the Raiders, this was the or the game last week was they had to win for any chance at the playoffs. And I think it's over. You're right. Um, and this would have been a game where they were trying to get back to 500, and I, that's not going to happen anymore. So I think again, it, it's just you have a better coach team coming into new uh, into sorry into Vegas by a mile and a half. Um, maybe the skill position players are better on Raiders defense the Raiders side. Though. So. Yeah, and their defense sucks as well. What have you kind of made of Mac Jones' frustrations of the play calling? Because I know there's been clips and stuff that have been circulated that, hey, throw the ball or run the ball, whatever he's trying to say, and all these screen passes that we saw last week in this matchup. What are your thoughts on that? I have mixed opinions about it because I think it's still insane that Joe Judge and Patricia have any offensive role on any coaching staff in the NFL. I think it's laughable. So I can understand where Mac Jones's frustrations come from because I think we would both agree that New England's offense still isn't very good and Patricia has not really done a great job with this unit. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I agree. So since we started with that point and we agree on that ground, I think there's some valid criticism. The issue is I think Mac Jones has to look in the mirror and realize that there's a reason why they don't want him to throw the ball 35 times a game. It's because he's not very good. He's a game manager who you hope won't lose you games, but you also don't expect him to win you many games either. So I think the ground game is the most important thing because that's where the play-action game gets set up. It's where the tight ends can get loose. And New England's wide receivers also aren't very good, especially with Jacoby Myers being injured. So they don't have many weapons on the on the actual uh, wide receivers or skill positions. But I do think both sides can be can be right here. Patricia wants to be careful and make sure Mac Jones doesn't exactly overstep his capabilities. On the other hand, your offense is predictable as hell. So I can understand both sides of the coin. I kind of meet in the middle for the ultimate cop-out answer, but the offense is flawed in terms of weapons. It's flawed because of play calling being extremely predictable. I think both sides can be right. I kind of lean more to Mac Jones. But I understand why Patricia has been very conservative. They really don't have many good weapons in the passing game. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair point. Um, and they've never had great wide receivers. I mean, you had Gronk who carried your receiving core for a couple of years after Randy yeah, Moss left, and Edelman Randy Moss was, was like the last like out, like actual like wide receiver, like outside of tight ends. I'm yeah, and Edelman's like, re- regular season numbers weren't great, but the playoff numbers were very good. But Walker. Welker, yeah. I mean, he was mostly overlapping with the likes of, like, Gronk, but still. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what do you think? Because I think Patricia does not exactly call a good game, but we both acknowledge Mac Jones is a, in my opinion, a below-average quarterback. I think he's somewhere in the 15 to 22 range. Yeah. It boggles my mind that Patricia was what – he was a defensive coordinator before he left for that Detroit job, right? Yeah. And now he comes back to calling offensive plays. A little bit of nepotism there with Belichick's uh, son yeah. being the new defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, what can you do there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of both ways that, number one, you don't really have great skill position players, at least at the tight ends and wide receiver positions. Um, I think but, they should use Hunter Henry more, but they don't. And John Smith, they signed to do basically nothing. And Hunter Henry was supposed to be one of those guys that was supposed to be like the next big thing when he was with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And he, he was always good. He just always got hurt. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. I agree about the Patriots here. As far as the total here, Scott, uh, we're sitting at 44 and a half. What do you think about that? I'm really torn here because the Patriots could score a bunch of points and the Raiders might not, or New England's offense once again goes conservative. And they're even as bad as the Raiders' defense is, maybe they can get off the field. Uh, I, th- I think I have no idea, to be honest, on this total. It could go either way. I want to take a Patriots team total over. That I agree with. But for a full game total, I'm kind of on the fence here. Yeah, this might seem like it's like a 23-20 type of final or something like that. I still can't get the Kirk Cousins Thanksgiving game out of my head. Oh, yeah, where they went like what? Was it like 33-26? to Yeah, and I had money on New England. You know, of course. But still, (laughs) it it was just – I watched this defense get torched by Kirk Cousins, and I know that the Raiders have the weapons to find some openings against this New England defense. Do I just have to toss last week's game in the garbage because Kyler Murray played three plays? Like, I don't know how to read into it. Yeah. So I guess I'm leaning under, but I I really don't have a strong opinion. I do like the side a lot more than the total, but I do agree with you on the team total over for New England. Yeah. Uh, any player props we're looking at in this game? Uh, ironically enough, we just mentioned him. I'm, I'm looking at Hunter Henry. I think he's in line for a good matchup. Myers, I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy. You mentioned Devontae Parker's injured. What else is new? You know, I'm mm-hmm. shocked that Devontae Parker got hurt. But <laughs> Henry had a good week last week. And I know Arizona's bad against tight ends. They're the worst team in the league, arguably, against tight ends. But yeah, the Ra- Raiders. They're, yeah, the Raiders aren't good either Yeah, against tight ends. Yeah. So I'll go with Henry because I do think that I just saw how he looked against a bad team against tight ends. And he went for roughly 80 yards and a couple catches. I still wish the volume was higher. But he's one of their most reliable targets. And I don't think the Raiders' linebacking core is really that good at covering guys. Uh, you're looking at who they have. Perriman's always mostly a, tackle, a tackling exclusive linebacker. Do they have any coverage guys? Not really. I think Henry has a couple good matchups here. So I'll probably look for his props over. Yeah. Uh, Arizona's been one of those teams against tight ends. That I think they're dead last. Eating. Arizona's really, really bad. Yeah. And then um, Raiders, I think, are probably down there with them as well. As far they have as to be bottom 10. Yeah. I'm trying bottom. to pull it up to actually actual numbers. Uh, Rams, we throw out the window, like you said. But in that game against the Chargers, Gerald Everett, five uh, five receptions, 80 yards. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks tight ends combined to go for five for 51, six for, six for 46 for the Broncos tight end. So, yeah, they, they give Henry, up the yards. Henry last week was 30 and a half. Like, there's going to be a boost, but I'm assuming it'll be closer to 35 and a half. Yeah, I was going to be like 33 and a half, 34 and a half, yeah. I think he'll probably go for 40. I like the yeah. over for his, for his receiving yards. And yeah. probably something with Damian Harris because – I, I don't mind his touchdown prop. I'm assuming he's going to get basically all the red zone work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, Scott, anything else for this game? No, not really. I thought about maybe car interception, but I kind of want to see the price first. Uh, let me see if that's been posted. That's a good one. Let's he see. was so bad last week, and it didn't help with the game planning because they didn't let him throw it in the second half. Mm-hmm. That red zone interception was one of the worst throws I've seen all year from Carr. He, I, at this point, I just think that the whole offense is really uh, just a ticking time bomb. There's a no sense of direction. I yeah, don't see I, anything for Carr. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but it'll probably be close to even money. So I don't mind taking that. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we move over to the next game of the afternoon schedule here for NFL Week 15, 
Let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor and where you can actually get down on all these prop bets, side bets, and totals that we're talking about. That's going to be over at WinBet. And if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. And WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer something to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 20 years or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're also back with Underdog Fantasy. And if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. For a 100% deposit match, Underdog is great for their weekly battle royal format, as well as getting an early start with their best with their playoff best ball. UnderdogFantasy.com promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN merch store. In honor of reaching our 100th episode on the NFL Gambling Podcast, we are giving one lucky winner a $100 gift card to the merch store. All you have to do is leave a five star rating and a review on on Apple Podcasts. The deadline to submit is December 20th. Winner will be announced next week. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. The next game on the schedule for the afternoon games. Let's go over to let's go over to the uh, Chargers game. They're coming off a huge victory over the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football. They're going to be welcoming in King Henry and the Tennessee Titans in this game. Uh, this is going to be a 425 Eastern start. Um, looking at the lines for this game here, the Chargers opened up as a two-point road, sorry, two-point home favorite here. Um, that number has now moved to minus three in favor of the Chargers. Total opened up at 45 and a half. That number is now up to 46 and a half. Starting to see some 47s pop up as well. Um, let's take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Let's start here with the road team, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, on their injury report, I am currently seeing Hassan Haskins running back is questionable. I'm sorry, he was a full participant um, on Wednesday, but he's officially designated questionable. The big one is Ryan Tannehill, questionable uh, with an ankle injury. He was a limited par- uh, participant in practice on Wednesday. Wide receiver C.J. Board, questionable. He was a non-participant at practice on Wednesday. Robert Woods did not practice on Wednesday. He has an illness. And Traylon Burks, who is in the concussion protocol, did not practice on Wednesday as well for this team. Um, I'm also seeing linebacker Zach Cunningham is designated to return from IR. Uh, he was dealing with an elbow injury for this defense couple other names on the injury report. Questionable tags are defensive tackle Jeffrey Simons, Terrence Mitchell, Ben Jones, their center, Amani Hooker, safety, and Nate Davis, guard. For the home team here, the Los Angeles Chargers on their injury report, 
Darwin James Jr. did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a quadriceps injury. Um, Joey Bosa is going to be reevaluated early in the upcoming week and could be clear to practice as soon as Wednesday uh, is the report for Joey Bosa. So maybe they get him back outside chance, but we'll see. That was des- that was an uh, update on December 11th. So possibly they do get uh, Joey Bosa back in this game against the Tennessee Titans here, Scott. But uh, let's start with the side here, my man. Currently seeing the Chargers as a three-point Home favorite hosting the Tennessee Titans. I want to take the Chargers, but this is such a game that Staley would lose. You know what I mean? Like Vrabel is a defensive-minded coach. The defense got torched by Jacksonville last week, gave up 40-something points. They seem falling off a cliff. They're really not very good. But Tennessee seems to always find a way to win random games during the year that they should have no business winning. And I feel like this is one of those games. Now, Herbert is going to be able to throw it at will against this team, especially with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen coming back. Both of them looked very sharp last week. Tennessee, on the other hand, Derrick Henry looked good. Uh, He didn't do anything for the entire second half, but at the end of the day, he's still a phenomenal running back, and the Chargers still can't stop the run. Do you think Tennessee's defense actually rises to the occasion after Vrabel completely called them out in the press conference, or do you just think the talent's not there and they're screwed either way. Because I do feel like the Chargers issue that I kind of run into week in, week out, I still hate the red zone offense. Yeah. I don't think it's any good. And mm-hmm. the Chargers seem to always score via big plays or Herbert creating something out of nothing. But they got stuffed on that goal line stand in the first quarter. Then they had that, whatever the hell that screen pass was, where they fumbled the snap on second down. They almost turned the ball over when they kicked the field goal to go up nine. I could really see a couple of long drives that just stall out in the red zone and Tennessee finds a way to win this game, but they don't have any weapons. Burks hasn't practiced all week. I'm assuming he's not going to play. You have Robert Woods. You have Westbrook Akina. I like their tight end though. Their tight end mm-hmm. was good this past week. And yeah. I think that he could become a serious weapon for that team. Is this a Derrick Henry 150 plus yard game? Cause it feels that way. Doesn't it? It has to be, right? I, I think that this is a game where you see Derrick Henry getting the ball 25, 25 times yeah. at minimum, going for 150, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Like, so, if he went for 200 and Tennessee wins this game, like 23-20 or something ridiculous, I can see it. I, I think it's quite reasonable that that's mm-hmm. actually what's going to happen. The Chargers make sense on paper, but Staley's the equalizer. And even though the the Chargers won last week, was it Staley that did anything, or was Tua just atrocious? Because I think Tua was just really, really bad. Uh, I think there was a combination of maybe both. I mean, look, the Chargers were compromised and in dealing with injuries in their secondary, but they still are, and they still are right. But I think in that la- in the game last week against the Dolphins, they still came out and they made tackles on guys that we're used to seeing on this on the Dolphins wide receiving group, just make a guy miss and just take it to the house. And, and we also saw, and if you watch that game, they got hands, they, they got their hands on balls that were coming in mm-hmm. from, you know, Tua and, and, you know, deflecting the pass and, and creating those incompletions. So they played I think well, was, but Tua went 10 to 25. Like I have yeah. to at least point it out there that even though the sure. Chargers defense was fine, aren't you a little bit concerned offensively when you your quarterback goes for roughly 400 yards 
you don't have any turnovers besides the turnover on downs. Yeah. And you only score like 20, what they score, 23 points? Yeah, it was like 23, 17 last week. I thought um, they won by I thought they won by two possessions in the end. So yeah, it was, 20 23 17. It was 23 17. Okay. Yeah. Because right, because Miami kicked the field goal at the end. Yeah. You only scored 23 points with roughly 400 yards passing and no turnovers. Isn't that a serious problem? I think is what you highlighted earlier is that they just have issues in the red zone. Nobody's talking about it though, because like they won the game, but Miami didn't do anything. Yeah. Offensively. Like the and Chargers they, should have scored north of 30 in that game. Yeah. Um and the Dolphins just had that one fluky touchdown on that uh, fumble recovery by Tyree Kill. Even the other and, one, he's got a bad hamstring, and he still burns your defensive back. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was just a weird game for Miami, but yeah. I got to point out the Chargers on paper should score a bunch of points, but their red zone play calling and execution are horrible. Yeah, I agree. Um, what else for this game? Let's get to – Wait, well, we, we didn't really pick a side. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of leaning Tennessee the more that I think about it. It's yeah. a game the Chargers should win comfortably, but I think the te- the Titans have a significant head coaching advantage, and I think Vrabel will find a way to make this game very ugly and to make this game close. Earlier this week, I leaned to the over blindly. Mm-hmm. The more that I think about it, the more I think Tennessee plays keep away, and I think Henry goes for like 30 carries and potentially 200 yards. Yeah, and I think that for the – the chargers it's every game for the rest of the year it's a playoff game for them yep. right because if they lose this game it's over um especially when you have the jets that are in a big game this week or hosting in a game this week against the lions which they should win um and then i think it's also- a coin, i think it's a coin flip game but we'll see okay um and then we just talked about the patriots who are also seven and six so um yeah, I think that it's a game where, like we mentioned, Chargers are in a must-win situation every single week. But I think the what you mentioned at the top, it's number one, it's a huge coaching mismatch. And we know we've seen Mike Vrabel and the offensive coordinators not be afraid to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry 25, 30 times in the game where they had that advantage on the ground. And, and he woke up last week. Yeah, and this Chargers team, they're one of the – worst rushing defenses in the entire league. There's no question yeah. about it. And they were fine I'm, last week, but yeah. you're looking at Miami's running backs. Mostert had battled some injuries, but he didn't mm-hmm. do much. And Wilson got hurt in the second quarter. So, or I think it was the second quarter. He got hurt pretty early on in the game. He did, Miami yeah. can't really run the ball. So I'm not going to fully overreact to their good performance last week. Have fun with Derrick Henry. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and they're look, they're dead last right now in opponent yards per rush attempt at 5.4. They're right down there with the Giants. Uh, and they haven't been better over the last three weeks either, where they're five, given allowing 5.2 opponent yards per rush attempt. And then if you take a look just overall of how many yards they give up on the ground here, Scott, uh, the Chargers are giving up a 147 yards on the ground, which is number 28 out of 32 teams. Again, right down there with Giants, the Seahawks, and the Houston Texans. So I think we'll see Derrick Henry early and often this game. At three, I will go with the Titans here as well. Um, it could be a field goal victory for the Chargers in this game, but I think at plus three with everything that we just talked about with the coaching mismatch with Derrick Henry and the advantage that they have on the ground game, I think that just you know helps the Titans and keeping this offense of the Chargers off the field. 
And again, what you mentioned, I think, is another tipping point that they're not able to score points or score touchdowns in the red zone either. That's how bad their play calling has been in that uh, red zone. Um, and we, and and we both know that Miami's defense isn't good. We've talked about this for a decent portion of the yeah. season. And yeah. yet, even with Miami's defense being bad, once again, with your quarterback doing whatever he wanted, he had, yeah. what, 38 completions? I mean, Herbert was incredible the entire game. Mm-hmm. He only scored 23. Yeah. Miami couldn't move the ball. You had the ball all the time. Yeah. You should walk into 30, 35 points. Mike Williams goes for 100 and change. Keenan Allen has like a 12 receptions for 92 yards. You really only scored 23? I would, yeah, and if you, would have, if, if you would have told, and if obviously nobody had watched this game last week and you said the Chargers scored 23 points, I think 9 out of 10 people or 10 out of 10 people would have I think told Miami wins. The game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they got to put up the points. Uh, yeah, no question about that. But I'll that. lean Tennessee and I'll lean under. I think I've pivoted over the course of the week because that implies I have faith in the Chargers, and I don't. Yeah. Even in that win, I thought they really did a lot to leave points off the board. Yeah. Um, with you there on the under as well, I just think that the uh, Titans will probably just control the pace or yeah, pace we can say in the game and just control the clock in this game with when you have Derrick Henry going up against this rush defense. Talked about Derrick Henry, obviously out of volume, he's probably just going to be looking at his player props in this game outside of Derrick Henry. Uh, are you looking at anybody else in this game here, Scott? Well, I know the Chargers against tight ends this season have been decent. I believe I don't have the numbers in front of me, but selectively I can recall they've been okay, right? Um, Chargers, uh, yeah. Look, over the last three weeks, they've given up a total of two receptions and thirty-three yards. Obviously, when you're going up against Travis Kelsey, that's a different story. Back in Week Eleven, but other than that, they've been pretty consistent against the tight end position, especially uh, in the back half of the se- or sorry, the second half of the season. I was kind of just wondering because I know last week Austin Hooper had 68 yards, but I was kind of looking at a Kungwu who I thought was pretty solid last week, had yeah. 45 yards and a touchdown. I be- I don't think he had a two-point conversion, but the point is he still had a very solid game. Tennessee went out of their way to say publicly, we need to get this ball- guy the ball more. But even with Henry going nuts, he can't run at every play. Right. I just think that he's a good matchup here. Uh, you're going to assume that the Chargers at some point are going to stack the box entirely. He's a good matchup guy, and I do think that a Conquo could get himself some matchups that are quite favorable. I don't mind him in the spot. Okay. You? Um, yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, I think the, the yard should be low, so I'm not expecting a big game, but yeah. he might have a prop of like 30 and a half, and I think he'll go over. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, not really. Uh, I have to blindly look at Herbert passing yards. I uh, have to look yeah. at like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen receptions and all the basic stuff. But once again, I think the red zone offense is going to be terrible. I still think they're going to get into the red zone. So I don't mind some field goal props for Dicker the kicker. Yeah, he's been solid. Um, let's see here. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. Uh, that's going to be the afternoon uh let's go over to the east coast got an east coast uh game going off at 425 eastern the cincinnati Bengals are in tampa to take on tom brady in the tampa bay buccaneers uh this is going to be uh let's see the line i'm sorry um see three and a half mostly yeah the line opened up at two in favor of cincinnati like scott said that's up to three and a half across the board 
uh, for this game. Total open at 42.5. That number has been bet up to 44, currently over on win bet. Kind of going through the injury report here for both of these teams. Um, Cincinnati, they look healthy. They're, they got Jamar Chase back, I think it was last week or the prior week, uh, back for this offense. Uh, but Tyler Boyd is officially questionable for this game with a finger injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. T. Higgins, hamstring issue, also limited on practice or in practice on Wednesday. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, defensive end, questionable with a wrist injury. He was a non-participant at practice on Wednesday. Mike Hilton, cornerback, questionable with a knee issue, non-participant in practice on Wednesday. Uh, and Hayden Hurst is officially doubtful for this game on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the home team here, uh, looking at their injury report, Julio Jones wasn't present for the open portion of Thursday's practice and is expected to be listed as a non-participant for Thursday's practice. He's dealing with a knee issue. Uh, Mike Edwards' safety is dealing with a hamstring issue. He was a limited participant at practice on Wednesday. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., ankle issue, limited participant on practice on Wednesday as well. Another uh, whole bunch of guys on the defensive side. Jamal Dean, Toe, didn't practice. He's in a walking boot, so I doubt he'll be going to, going in this game. Uh, another big name, Vita Vea, defensive tackle, questionable. Uh, didn't ex- uh, Coach Bull said Wednesday he doesn't expect Vita Vea to play on Sunday against the Bengals. So a big loss to that rush defense, uh, which has already been not good this season, uh, Scott. Also, last one here. Tristan Wirfs is also doubtful uh, for this game on Sunday. Coach Todd Bull said Wednesday that he doesn't think Wirfs is going to be ready to play in this matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. So a lot of injuries on both sides of the football, especially the defensive side for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have a hot offense and Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals coming in who look to stay competitive in that uh, AFC North division. Tampa Bay just trying to win as many games as they can and clinch this division at six and seven, Scott. But do you think Tampa has a chance in this game? I think the only argument is if Hendrickson and Hilton miss that Cincinnati's defense just falls off a cliff. But to answer your question, no. I think Cincinnati should bury them. (laughs) I think Cincinnati is actually the best team in the AFC. I know we just released our power rankings uh, for the top 10 teams in the NFL. That's collective. I had my own personal ones. I had Cincinnati at two. I think Cincinnati is the best team in the AFC. I am really high on this team. They've been incredible. Uh, the offensive line's been better, but you're looking at, especially with Chase being back. I know Higgins played one snap last week, and people rioted for their player props and all the losses they had for their for their bets. But still, Cincinnati's just a well-oiled machine right now. Defensively, they've been very good. Offensively, they've been great. Brady can't move. He can't throw the ball more than 30 yards. The offensive line stinks. They can't score. They're a bottom five offense in the league in terms of points per game. I don't think they do anything well. And defensively, they're good. And they gave up 35 points to Brock Purdy. So I don't know what to make of this team. And Vita Vea might not play. And if that's the case, I expect the Bengals to be able to run the ball with either Mixon or Pirine pretty well. I got to take Cincinnati. I think this team is just so damn good. And right now, I would probably pick them to make it to the AFC title game. Like, I, I think they're really, really good. Yeah. Tampa, I, I don't think they're going to win the division. If you <laughs> ask me right now who I'm picking, I'm picking Carolina. 
That was going to be my two questions to you was, number one, I went back and looked at uh, Cincinnati's odds to win the Super Bowl before they got Jamar Chase back, and I think it was 14-1, to and I picked up a ticket on them. They beat the Chiefs, and their odds, I'm sure, plummeted after that. Yeah, and then uh, my next question was going to be, does Tampa actually win this division? Um, I'm not sure. Carolina won the first game. So if Carolina wins the second meeting, then they win the head-to-head. Yeah, like I think Carolina's got a serious shot to win this division. But you're looking at the Super Bowl odds right now. Bengals are still ten to one. You got them at fourteen to one. I'm sure if you shop around, you could probably find better odds than that. But Mm -hmm. you're looking at how Cincinnati matches up against some of these other AFC teams, like the Bills and the. I know they match up well against the Chiefs because Mahomes has never beaten Burrow. I get it's cold in Buffalo, and that might be a concern, but. Cincinnati checks a lot of boxes that I look for to win a Super Bowl. They really do. They check yeah. a lot of boxes. So if you're asking about the overall, I'd say, tiers or the league hierarchy, I think Cincinnati's at least two or three tiers ahead of Tampa. I want nothing to do with Tampa right now. Yeah. I'll take Cincinnati. This is going to be an interesting race down the race. Uh, sorry, interesting division race uh, down uh, the stretch, uh, home stretch here for this uh, division. It's a, it's because, a car accident race, but you can't look yeah, away. Yeah, you, know? you can't. Yeah, you're right. It's so this they they have the Steelers this week to the Carolina Panthers. I like and, I like Carolina this week. So and then they had they welcome Detroit to town, a road game for Jared Goff, and I think it's really going to come down to that game head to head in Tampa. Uh, in a few weeks where Carolina will go to Tampa and then they wrap up their final week do the Carolina Panthers against the uh, new, uh, sorry, the New Orleans Saints. In, uh, I think new it's Orleans. doable. It I is. Mean, I, I want to see the odds here. Just I'm assuming Tampa is going to be a de- three to one. You have a tiebreaker. You're one game back. Like, I think there's value on Carolina. This team with, I know that they have Darnold as their quarterback, but even they know it because they don't tell yeah. them to ever throw the ball. They have Foreman yeah. and they have Hubbard. All they do is run. And they have a very, very good defense, which mm-hmm. has kind of pieced it together recently. Three to one? It might come down to one game against Tampa? Yeah. Uh, they're my pick to win it. With Wilkes, they actually have an identity. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Tampa has an identity. And I think Bowles is a horrific head coach. Yeah, and they they played great defense last week. I mean, they gave up 24 points to Seattle. It, it was but... misleading. They gave up 17. They gave up that garbage time touchdown, yeah. a good one with like 16 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, Cincinnati for me in this game here as well. I just think that it's it's probably going to be a case of what we saw last week where San Francisco put up 35 points, got pretty much what they wanted, whatever offensively with Brock Purdy making his start there. Now you have Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. I know those two guys, two of those three guys. It's officially listed as questionable in this game. Uh, But I think that he's, he's able to go. I mean... Do you need he, him he, was a limited, he was a limited in practice on Wednesday, so yeah. I'm assuming he'll play. But I'm assuming the reason why the spread is only three and a half, it's because of the Niners' offensive line is arguably the best in all of football. And yeah. Cincinnati, according to advanced analytics, and if you want to follow football outsiders, their offensive line still isn't very good in terms of win rate. They've been yeah. better lately, mm-hmm. but I guess that's the argument, is that Cincinnati's defense is a bit banged up. And the offensive line is still not very good according to advanced numbers. But give me Burrow. This oh, yeah. Tampa team can't score. I got to assume Cincinnati finds a way to 24. Yeah. I'm not sure Tampa gets past 17. No. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm on Cincinnati. 
Um, all right, so let's get over to the total in this game. It's at 44. I think kind of how we're talking about it. We kind of just like Cincinnati's team total here, but you have any thoughts on the full game? Uh, full game, I'll lean under. Uh, I think the offensive line concerns might be real for Cincinnati, but sure. I don't think Tampa's offense is worth a damn. I do think, though, Tampa team total under 20 and a half. I don't know how the hell this is in the 20s. This team can't score at all. You're going through the full season numbers. They rarely get past 20 and a half. And when they do, it's roughly 21 or 22. Like, they can't score. They're, they have the fifth fewest points per game in the league. I'm on Tampa team total under. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, I'm seeing that number. What did you say? It was 20? Yeah, 20 and a half. Yeah, I'll I'll take that to the bank. I see a 23 and a half for the Bengals as well. So I, I kind of like, I that, like that too. There. Yeah. Uh, player props for this game, Scott? I'm trying to think of what exactly I want. I got to blindly take Brady pass attempts. Yeah, that's going to be my one that I was going to get. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. He <laughs> attempted 55 last week. They can't run the ball. They tried White. He keeps fumbling. Fournette, they clearly don't like that much because they don't use him. So they're going to throw the ball a bunch. Tampa's secondary is fine. But I have to like Chase, like don't I? I don't yeah. think I. I think the Tampa's corners are good. They're not as good as I hoped they'd be because I know Murphy Bunting's been banged up and Winfield, the safety, has really barely played the last couple months. Chase has been so good; mm-hmm. he was great last week. I could see him catching a seventy-five yard bomb. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'd probably look at Chase over Vita Vey is interesting because I might pivot to maybe some Cincinnati running backs, but. It's mostly Brady pass attempts. Yeah. I think he's going to walk into at least 45. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Um, what do you think about uh, Joe Mixon on his rushing yards? If it looks like Vita Vey is not going to be able to go in this game. I'm tempted. I'm really not a Joe Mixon guy. Okay. I never have been. I think that he is a pretty good running back, but people try to pencil him in to be arguably a top 10 guy. I don't see it. And Pirine was better than Mixon in those mm-hmm. games that Mixon missed. I know Pinkson's had a couple of games, five touchdowns in one game. Last year, he had like four touchdowns in another game. But overall, his week-to-week numbers are really not great. Yeah. So I'm probably going to stay away from Mixon. But I can understand your angle. I don't mind maybe a touchdown score for Mixon. But I just think that Higgins and uh, Chase are just too talented for Tampa's defense to actually handle Maybe a sack prop for Tampa if you think Burrow holds on to the ball too long. I can't take one on Cincinnati because even against the Niners, Brady had zero sacks because all he does is chuck the ball three yards. What do you think about Brady interception? I have to be tempted by it. He's We're expecting the volume in. to be large. Yeah, because he's thrown at least one in three out of the last four weeks. He had two last week against the Niners. I mean, Niners are a different, you know, defense or the best, if not one of the best. And then he threw one against the saints as well. I have to be tempted by it. I'm concerned about the injuries of the defensive line in the secondary, but with the volume of pass attempts, Brady interception will probably be close to even money because of his reputation of being very safe with the football, but it's all about a numbers game. If you're going to give me 50 pass attempts, I got to take interception. Yeah. And it's crazy when you kind of go through his game long, it's crazy. For his attempts, 55, 54, 43, 29, and 58. That's his and last five games. The 29, I'm assuming, is a game. Which game was that? Uh, the Seahawks. And they won that game. They won that game, 21 Yeah, so they, they, they had a good game flow. 
And that was probably a game where I'm sure the running backs had a great game because yeah, that was, was white internationally. You had a very good game. Yeah, that was a game. Yeah, that was the uh, Germany game, right in yeah. Munich. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to give Brady a pass, and uh, that didn't work out. Yeah, and they, in that game, they ran the ball 44 times. We'll take the six away from Tom Brady. So I'm still we- annoyed Brady uh, lost that jump ball on that pass by uh, Fournette. Oh uh, yeah, the, uh, come on. Zone, but yeah, yeah. That would have been the vertical was not great by Brady, <laughs> but the past attempts you said before, you have two straight games with like 50. I mean, yeah. I got to take the over on past attempts. Yeah, I agree. Anything else for this game for the, before we get to the Sunday night football game? Uh, not really. No. All right. Uh, let's get into the Sunday night football game here. Big, big, big playoff implication game here. It's going to be a NFC East divisional matchup between the New York giants and the Washington commandos. Uh, this is going to be in the land over Maryland home game here for the commanders. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this line opened up in favor of the uh, – where are we going? Commanders. Uh, yeah, Commanders. I don't see the line here. I want to say it was three, and now it's at like four and a half. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, I just had it in front of me. Where did it go? Oh, that's okay. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. They moved it to the top for some reason. All right, this line opened up four. Now it's up to four and a half. Starting to see some minus okay. fives pop up as so well. So I thought it opened three. The point is money's coming on the on the commander. Right. That's yeah. The point. Yeah. Uh the total is currently sitting at 40 and a half in this game. Now down to 40, right in front of my eyes. Let's get to the injury report here for both of these teams. The commanders are coming off of their bye week. Um, but for the Giants, let's see here. They got they they took a huge L last week. To the Philadelphia Eagles, forty-eight to twenty-two on the injury report. Uh, Xavier McKinney, safety, is going to be out for this game. He didn't practice Wednesday and is not expected to play on Sunday. Leonard uh, Williams, he uh, has a neck in sh- a neck issue, questionable, but was a limited participant on Wednesday and practice. Wide receiver Richie James, questionable concussion, didn't practice. I don't think he'll be able to go. And Wando Robinson went uh, – uh, he's been out with a torn ACL. He went. Uh, he had surgery this week. He posted on his Twitter account. And Jihad Ward, linebacker, questionable uh, coach. Brian Dable said Wednesday that Ward is in concussion protocol. Um, and also Nick McLeod, cornerback, is also questionable for this game here against the Washington Commanders. Let's get over to the Washington Commanders. Uh, Chris Sims, questionable. Andrew Norwell, guard, questionable. Uh, those are some of the big names. Chase Young, uh, questionable. He was a limited participant at practice on Wednesday. Brian Robinson, limited participant on practice on Wednesday. I think all these guys are going to go here, Scott, because they are coming off the bye week. Yeah, they're off the bye. That's the the main piece. Yeah. So this is a big game here for both of these teams with playoff implications. Currently, the Washington Commanders are in the sixth spot. The uh, New York Giants are in the seventh spot. And the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions are right on their tails for this playoff picture in the NFC here, Scott. But let's start with the side here. Let's call it minus uh, four and a half in favor of the Washington Commanders hosting the New York Giants, where these two teams just played two weeks ago and ended in a 2020 tie. This game... I'm really torn on because it's the division game with the rest advantage at home. The issue for the home part is that you're probably have more Giants fans in the stands. So I'm not sure if it actually matters. FedEx field has been atrocious for home field up to this mm. point uh, with regard to actual fan attendance, but yeah. it's really tricky because the Giants defense is injured to hell and back their secondary shot. 
They can't stop the run. They're really falling apart at the seams. Washington has played well lately. Uh, you could argue they should have lost to the Giants, but Heineke had that final touchdown drive there. Then the Giants missed that field goal at the end of overtime. Long field goal, but still. Oh, boy. You're crossing key numbers, and that's the serious concern here. If it was like three or four, I'd probably lean to the commanders. But this game really does scream must-win game for both teams. They're going to kill each other. It's a field goal game. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Giants. I don't feel great about it, but I think I'm leaning yeah. Giants. As for the total, I feel like I have to take the over because the Giants' defense is so terrible. But that game should have gone over two weeks ago. Where it should have. The game died. Tied. Yeah. Even before overtime, the game should have went over. But I think I'll lean over because the Giants' defense is really just horrible. I think I'll lean Giants. Okay. This game really has a field goal feel to it. It's a Sunday night game between two teams that need to have it. Don't you just see fourth quarter slugfest? Because that's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, which kind of makes me want to lean towards the under in this game. I just think it's going to be... That's how I was leaning too, but the Giants defense is so bad. I don't know if yeah. I can actually do it. <sighs> this is a tough one. It really is. It is. Um, it's Because it's gotten outside the, the, the three... And it's, it's still moving towards a minus five. I mean, I'm currently at some of the sharper books. You're starting to see some minus fives pop up. I'll wait for five. I doubt it'll ever get to six. But yeah. I'll ask you, assuming the number gets to five, do you think Washington's going to win by a touchdown? Because it's not like they have a good offense either. They just drain a bunch of clock and play good defense. I could I I could see a world where this is a twenty to thirteen final for the Washington. It's a Commanders. world, but I think that it's most likely going to be a three or four point game. Yeah, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, I think we're both agreeing that it should be a field goal game here. So I guess I have to lean Giants. <sighs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Commanders. I'll go okay. Commanders. Right. Uh, we'll disagree at least on one game here. Usually, I back the Commanders in the spot because yeah. I like the back teams off a bye. But yeah. You're getting to the point where you're backing an underwhelming offensive team that just thrives on time of possession. That's really mm-hmm. what the commanders do Yeah, to win by a decent margin. And I don't feel great about it. So I'll yeah. lean Giants, but I'm not going to play anything in this game besides maybe some player props. Yeah. Uh, so we just covered both side and the total. Well, total, you're leaning under, I guess. Yeah, I'm leaning under. I just think it's a number one. It's a divisional matchup. We've seen this season where division unders have been cashing, I think I want to say at least 64 to 65% plus. The game two weeks ago should have gone over, but it just died in overtime. I just think it's like you mentioned, I think it's just these teams are going to be beating up on each other. I, I think we'll see a better defensive effort from the Giants just because they know what's riding on this game. They I kind of have think, to, right? Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they got embarrassed on, in their home stadium. It was right. They were at home last week, right? Yeah, it was a Giants home game. But they give up uh, 40, last week, 48. I thought they, uh, yeah, they gave up 48 to the Eagles. That, yeah, it was a home game. Yeah, for 48 the at home with no defensive touchdowns. Yeah. They just ran all over them. I think that was, and that's been the Achilles Hill for the New York Giants this season. Um, I think Sharp's went, onto something, though. He has the Giants over one and a half field goals of plus 110. I don't that I that. like. I see a yeah. I see a bunch of field goals in this game. I don't mind that for Joey Sly either. But yeah. I see a lot of field goal attempts in this game. Yeah. 
Um, all right, let's get some player props. We just mentioned a Joey Sly one, but anything else you do like in this game, Scott? Well, we talked about the Giants not being able to stop the run, so I feel mm-hmm. like we're automatically going to look at Robinson. Yeah, I have to look at McLaurin. I mean, scary, the Giants' scary, secondary yeah. is awful. Yeah, they give up receiving touchdowns to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith last week. They weren't even close to covering them half the time. Mm-hmm. McKinney's still out. Uh, I forgot how many yards McLaurin had in the first meeting. Did he go north of 100? Uh, eight receptions, 105 yards, and okay. one touchdown. I wasn't sure if he got over 100, but I know he was yeah. around there. I'm assuming his yards are going to be closer to 70. Yeah, I don't see any props listed yet. I'm assuming it'll be around 70. I got to like sure. the over for McLaurin because the Giants' secondary shot. On the other side, I know Barkley hasn't done much the last couple weeks. Are you blindly looking at like Darius Slayton longest reception? Yeah, I know I you've, it, you've faded Washington in the past for longest reception. And I think I've done that every single week. And it's they done did well. It, yeah, and, and they did it against the uh, – sorry, the Giants got a, a, a huge completion mm-hmm. with Darius Slayton. I think we had – I think we said the exact name of Darius Slayton in that pod a couple weeks ago. Um, Yeah, he had a long reception of 55. They, they, they're they prone to giving up at least one at minimum. So you're going to um, go with Slayton? You're going to go with Daniel Jones along his completion? Let me see. Yeah, they don't even have the props. So for I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere where it always is, which is mid-30s. Yeah, I was going to say like 34 and a half would probably be the number. These quarterback props are like for long completion. The ceiling is usually like 38 and a half. It's yeah, usually that's like your elite guys. Like, yeah. like your Josh Allens and your Patrick Mahomes of the Assume world. Assume it's around 35 and a half, 34 and a half. Yeah, Geno Smith has 36 and a half tonight, by the way. But Might be based on volume, but yeah, they also can't um, run. So. Yeah. Yeah, nothing listed yet. But yeah, I would... I would probably go with Slayton, and I, I would go Daniel Jones as well um, mm. for for longest reception and or longest completion, however you want to play that one. Um, Brian Robinson in that game two weeks ago, Scott, uh, 21 carries, 96 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, that's pretty much it. I mentioned the field goal props. All right. All right, so let's get into our lock and dog for this uh, week 15 Sunday afternoon lock and dog segment. I will I'll let you, you, go, I'll let you go first. Oh, you want me to go first? All right. Yeah, I'll let you go first. Uh, all right. So for my blog, let's see here. Let me get back to the games here. Um, uh, for my lock, let's go with I think Cincinnati just throttles this team. They really should. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Okay. Give me the New England Patriots on the money line, minus 110. Um, the line oh, so right I, now, I, I already know where you're going with this one where you're for your dog, but okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, right. Minus 110 for the New England Patriots. And then for my dog. Yeah, I know you're taking the alternative. Just get it out of the way already. <laughs> I know where you're going. It's all good. What do you think? Six, six and a half? For what, the Bengals? Yeah. I assume since you didn't take Cincinnati, you're going to save them for an alternative. I was going to go either that or I was just going to take the Titans on the money line. Okay. But let me see. Do you see an alt line for the Bengals? Uh, let me pull that up quickly. Um, let me see if I have. Oh, here it go. Uh, six and a half. I see a plus 130. You're going to take it or you're going to go yeah, with the Titans? I got to go with it. I mean, do you really see a world where this team gets past 17 points? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, I I might get into that in a second, but no. I think twenty four seventeen might be like the final in this game. Mm. 
I'll take the minus six and a half. I also do like the Titans as well, but uh, Bengals minus six and a half plus 130 uh, for my dog here. Scott, what do you got? So for my dog, I am going to take the exact final point you made. I'm going to take the Buccaneers team total under 20 and a half. Once again, don't fix it isn't broken. Until I actually lose on this prop, I will keep taking it. They've scored less than 18 in each of the last three games, including that two touchdown outbursts in the final five minutes against New Orleans. They had three points in the first 56 minutes of that game. So they can't score. And Cincinnati defensively might be missing a couple guys, but Tampa needs so many plays in order to score touchdowns because every play is a five-yard pass. Yeah. So I got to keep taking the under here for Tampa because they can't score. But 20 and a half for a team that's averaging roughly like 17, 18 points per game. Mm-hmm. That number's way too high. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Um, and what do you got for your dog this week? So for my dog in this one, I had a couple options here, but I think I am going to uh, – where do I want – there's a couple dogs that I'm really tempted by in this spot. But I think I am going to go. Uh, which one do I like more? Do I do I really want to make a case for the Cardinals? Like, do I really want to make a case? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to take the Titans. Okay. I just think that even though the Chargers have the perfect amount of weapons to get after Tennessee secondary, the red zone offense is awful. And I think Tennessee with Vrabel is just going to find a way to make this game ugly. You're going to look up. It's going to be like 2017 in the fourth quarter, and you're going to wonder, how the hell don't the Chargers have 30 points already? And that's what the Titans do. I think they're going to make this game ugly. It's a very good spot for them to bounce back after getting embarrassed against Jacksonville. That game was in Tennessee, right? It was. It was a home game. That's what I thought. So it's a spot where Vrabel, I'm assuming, is going to just really just get into his players. I think he's going to roast them. He did in the press conference. I'm expecting Vrabel as a good coach to get his team ready to go. The Chargers won a game on prime time. Am I worried a little bit? They might be feeling themselves a little bit much, maybe a little, but I think the Chargers with Staley are built for such a letdown, heartbreaking loss. I'll take Vrabel to win an ugly close game. Give me Tennessee at what, like around plus 140? I will get you the best price on that. It is for the Titans. I see a plus 135, and that's even over on win bet. Cool. Uh, yeah. I would have taken Brady interception, but that was minus 105, which doesn't count. So I'll go with uh, the Titans instead. I would have thought you had to Brady uh, pass attempts over as your lock as well. Uh, the pass attempts are at 40 and, oh God, it's at 40 and a half. That should be, (laughs) oh God. I mean, that's, I got to add that then. Like that's, that's ridiculous. 40 and a half guys been walking into 50. Yeah. Okay. I mean that, that's a bonus play right there. There you go. That's our, that's our joint lock of the podcast. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Double lock, uh, bonus double lock Brady pass attempts over 40 and a half. I did see that they just dropped Derrick Henry's rushing yards at 98 and a half i think he might go for 150 so yeah alternatives yeah maybe if you want an alt- uh, alternative same game parlay like a tennessee time I'll, I'll take the carries with harry there t- with henry there too it should be around see. probably 19 and a half if i had to mm, guess let me see 20 if I can pull and a half maybe 
rush attempts. I doubt they have it put up yet. I got to assume it's going to be yeah, very high teens, low 20s, but I still like the over. Yeah. Anything under 23 and a half, I would take the over on that. Yeah, I agree. No. All right. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for this NFL Week 15 uh, edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast for the afternoon schedule. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, bud? No, not really. Should be fun. Looking forward to these uh, Thursday games. Also looking forward to the Saturday games, because why not? Yep. But it should be fun. Let's make some money. Yes, sir. Uh, make sure to follow the SGPN, sorry, the NFL Gambling Podcast account uh, on Twitter at SGPNNFL. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, NFL Gambling Podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone, especially Shark, that joined us in the chat there. Uh, great stuff from him, as always. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about NFL Week 16. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.